Well, hello and welcome back, for most of you, I guess, to the Your Booking Report podcast. If this is your first go-around, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Scott Geezy. I've been a representative for Jostens Yearbooks for the last 20 years. Also honored to be a certified journalism educator through the JEA. I am a former, actually current, journalist and broadcaster, doing this podcast, for instance. And I've been telling stories my entire life. That's why I do this line of work. And we have an interesting episode for you this time. We're not going to maybe talk about the journalism part of it that much this time around. We're going to talk about promotion. Now, some folks may call that marketing. Some folks may call it publicity. Others may call it promotion. But no matter what you call it, it is extremely important for every single yearbooking effort out there. But... Frankly, it's something that most yearbook staffs don't do much with, or in some cases don't do anything with. Today, we're going to see if we can change that. Our guest today is Ava Butsu. Ava is one of the top yearbook advisors anywhere. She works at Grand Blank High School in Grand Blank, Michigan. Her Echo Yearbook has won countless awards over the years. Pacemaker awards, gold crowns, silver crowns. Her crew has made the annual Jostens Lookbook probably year after year after year. They do just a fantastic yearbook at Grand Blank. But we're not going to talk necessarily about her book today. We're going to talk about promotion because one thing that Ava and her staff do, they do a phenomenal job when it comes to promotion. And that's more than just, you know, trying to hype your book sale. That's important, of course, or ad sale. That's important. But it's also just promotion. Letting folks know what you're doing, either in school, out of school, students, parents, and so on, that's promotion, and that leads to ultimate success. Now, recently, we had a chance to catch up with Ava, and she started sharing some very interesting perspectives with us. Okay, Ava, first off, it's great to meet you. I've uh, seen your book on a number of occasions. You do an absolutely fabulous job with your book. And first, I want to say welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here with you. Now, um, for folks who are listening to the podcast, all right, if you look very, very closely into your speaker, you can see me, no, you can't, you can see me holding a copy of the 2018 uh, Grand Blank book, which is called Blank Slate. Um, Ava, tell us something about this book. I mean, this is an absolutely fabulous book. Tell us something about it. Uh, well, um, it started with my students really wanting um, a white cover for their yearbook. And everybody says, don't ever do a white cover. So um, the students decided that they wanted to um, put a plastic cover on top of it. And then all of a sudden, they realized this is a perfect uh, theme for our yearbook because we're, we live in Grand Blank which is B-L-A-N-C. So we played with the words um, blank, and we came up with blank slate. And so we have this white cover, uh, but we have a plastic, like a, like a library book cover that goes over it. And um, now we all of a sudden have this yearbook theme that is really personal to our school because it has our city name in it. And it's a blank slate, which is perfect for yearbook because every yearbook is a blank slate. And every person, to some degree, has their own blank slate that they get to uh, write their story on and erase it and rewrite it. So it was a really fun yearbook. That's a cool idea. That is really cool. And for folks actually watching our video piece this uh, for this month, we'll show you some pictures. So if you're only listening to the podcast, 
check out the video and you can get to see some pictures. Now, Ava, tell us something about yourself. Um, you know, what do you teach? How long have you been doing your book? Um, maybe something about Grand Blank. Tell us about your situation. Well, um, I actually uh, am in my 21st or 22nd year. I lose track of advising yearbook. Um, I'm teaching at the high school that I attended. Grand Blank is a um, kind of a big suburban school. We're the second largest school in the state of Michigan. Um, but we're in a, a kind of a small county um, south of Flint, Michigan. Um, so we have two campuses and 2,700 students at our school. Um, and I love advising yearbook because every single year is a different uh, challenge and a, um, a different theme. And it's just great fun. Now, two campuses in the same book or two books? We have one book, two campuses. Um, our students cross campus in the middle of Michigan winters, so it's always fun. <laughs> okay, so in other words, you have two campuses like right next to each other. Yep, yep. There's like a, you know, they're about a quarter of a mile apart. Oh, my. Wait, but they don't walk between those buildings, do they? They do. Yeah, they walk between classes. As we change, um, we change classes, we have six hours in the day, so we have a 10-minute passing, and the kids have to hustle out. It's, uh, it's quite an adventure. Whoa, that could be a gym class. <laughs> you know, like calorie burning, going between the buildings. And yeah. You need, you need to get I, your little Garmin Stepmaster and like see how many steps you take in a day. Right now, I'm a Pennsylvania guy. You're a Michigan girl. What are Mich winters like in Michigan? Michigan winters can be brutal. We're having a pretty warm winter right now, but um, we have winters where it snows almost every day and it's it can be brutal. Oh boy. And you have to walk a quarter mile. Yeah. What about, a, what about a shuttle bus or something? Uh, there's a shuttle bus if, you, uh, if you're on crutches, you know. you got to be <laughs> tough in Michigan. Apparently so. Okay. Holy, I'm glad I'm in Pennsylvania. All right. There we go. That's fine. Now, the purpose of this interview, we want to talk about yearbook promotion. And you do a phenomenal job with yearbook promotion. Obviously, you make a great book. No doubt about that. But there's all those other aspects that go into this yearbook promotion, and we're going to cover a number of different things here, but let me start with just a sort of an open-ended question because, again, I've been doing this for two decades now, Ava, and frankly, I know there are a lot of yearbook staffs and advisors that do essentially very little with promotion, and in some cases, they do nothing with promotion. I mean, they just don't do anything, really. So let me throw an open-ended question. Why is yearbook promotion so important to do for this entire effort? Well, first of all, uh, nobody knows how hard yearbook staffs work. No one, unless they're on a yearbook staff, they have no idea how much work and how much love we put into what we do. So uh, we look at promotion at my school as a way of sharing what we're doing um, every day. Uh, so that, and sharing our photos and sharing our stories. And so it's for us, it's less about like what we would call marketing and more about sharing our work and um, letting the school be part of the, the community and, and sort of like building our own credibility within the community. Now, I've seen your stuff, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. I mean, you mentioned marketing and showing your stuff. Now, you do both of those. Yeah, we do. They kind of, uh, the lines kind of get fuzzy and they kind of, um, they blend together, but uh we want basically to make sure that we're getting our work right. So we kind of put out what we're creating, some of our stories, some of our photos, and um, then students can 
get in contact with us and, and uh, let us know if our stories are off base or um, let us know if they're, if they're not happy with the photo that we're putting in the book and then we can decide if we're going to change it or not. Like we try to share what we're doing, the process as we go through it um, as many ways as we can. Now, you mentioned you're from, a, I guess, a good-sized school, big school, as opposed to, say, more country schools that may be smaller and so on. Things like marketing and promotion, is it, your experience, easier maybe at a large school, more difficult at a large school? You know, I think, it, um, I think it's hard to promote at a large school uh, because so many large schools, I think kids feel sort of disenfranchised, like the whole student body maybe doesn't feel as connected um, to each other because it, you can get lost at a big school. And so um, I think it's harder to encourage kids to want to buy the yearbook if they don't feel connected to the school to begin with. So I think it's important for us to try to convey to our students that we want everybody to be in the yearbook. We want to tell everybody's story. Um, and I think that whole sort of marketing and branding and sharing our work is a way of building our credibility to that goal that we have. Now, to be honest, Ava, all right, good-sized school, what you just said, and I, again, I've got your book here, and it's a phenomenal book. I mean, the number of stories in this book and the design, it's awesome. But you mentioned disconnectedness. Do you have that problem at your school? It's, it's, it's chronic. I mean, it's, um, it's kind of almost like an epidemic, and uh, sometimes people say when they look at our yearbook uh, from another state or, um, you know, another place in the country, and they say, Gosh, your school looks like so much fun. I wish I wish I could go there. And I think that um, that's one of our goals on the yearbook staff is to, we know that yearbook stories are forever stories. And we know that everybody has a different story. Um, so like, we know that telling stories about problems with mental health is just as important as telling stories about victories or successes on a team or a club. And I think the idea of telling everybody's story uh, as personally as we can without sort of infringing on their um, personal lives further than they want to be. Um, it's a, a good way to bring the school community together. Um, it's, I, we love that. We love storytelling. Now, again, I've been at this two decades with big schools, medium-sized, small schools. I agree with you. I think there are a lot of disconnected students, maybe in every single school out there, maybe everywhere, all of them, public schools, Catholic schools, doesn't matter. From your perspective, what can the can the year? It sounds like the yearbook can do something to help change that. In other words, it's not just about making a book. It might be about making a better school. Am I right or wrong there? No, that's absolutely uh, that's one of my personal goals, and I, I've shared that with my students. And um, fortunately, they're along for the ride with me. They they really believe in that. Um, we've tried to. We have a our entire school is built out of cinder blocks. You might be able to see them behind us, like like prison cinder blocks. So one of the things that we have really set out to do is to cover those cinder block walls with great, fabulous, dynamic displays of our students, uh, the photography mostly, um, and to sort of like remind everybody every day that we have all different kinds of activities and, and people here. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's absolutely a goal to try to create some sort of community through what we do. Now, for video viewers, folks, if you're, if you're not a video viewer, become a video viewer because we're going to show you pictures. We're going to show you pictures of Grand Blank that Ava has shared with us along those lines.
We'll get back to more of our interview with Ava Butsu, advisor at Grand Blanc High School in Michigan here in just a moment. And when we come back, make sure that you have a pen and paper or a device handy because you're going to be doing some note-taking as Ava starts to share just a ton of great tips and ideas that you can use in your own school. So be ready. In the meantime, we've mentioned here the Jostens Photo Contest up and running, but hey, time is starting to run out. The deadline is March 1st to enter. As we keep saying, don't wait till then to enter. Do it now. If you've got terrific photos uh, from students this year, even if you only have one, like you have one killer photo, come on, enter it in the contest. Who knows what's going to happen? We've got great prizes once again this year. And again, the interesting things this year are a pair of interesting exhibitions uh, for the winners. One will be at a New York City art gallery later this year. And another will be at a special teenage art event, which will be held in Brooklyn, New York, later this year. Now, that's just cool. Their work is going to be exhibited along with winning a prize. So that's pretty cool. If you happen to be a non-Jostin school and you're listening, yes, you can enter. Jostinsphotocontest.com or you can go to jostinscom slash photocontest. Either one of those websites work. It's easy to enter. Uh, make sure you check out the rules. That's very important. And then enter. It doesn't cost a dime. So come on. If you have it, you've been putting this off, it's time to enter. And we'll mention it's almost time for the annual Jostin's Page Design Contests. Now, we have, sort of have two tracks here. For folks that use our Yearbook Avenue website to create their book, we have a track for them. And for folks that use Adobe InDesign or maybe our Jostin's Monarch service with InDesign, we have a separate track for them. Uh, lots of categories, lots of uh, different page designs that you can put in. Again, if you happen to be a non-Jostin school listening in today and you use InDesign, yes, you can enter. In fact, we encourage you to enter. Not yet. It's not quite open just yet as we make this recording, but uh, we'll let you know when it is. Again, nice prizes once again. The winners make our annual Jostin's Lookbook, which is the best compilation of yearbook work on planet Earth. Comes out every February, March or so. And we'd love to see your work in there, but you have to enter first. So stay tuned for the page design contest. When that is active and running, we'll be sure to let you know. In the meantime, this episode, again, we're talking about yearbook promotion and get ready, our friend Ava Butsu from Grand Black, Michigan has a ton of great ideas, so let's get to those. Now, Ava, let's talk about promotion, uh, because I know you don't have just one promotional venue or outlet, you have a number of them. So let's start from there. What are the, just sort of a generalize, and then we'll go in a little deeper. What are some of the things you and your group do as far as promotion? Well, okay, so first of all, uh, a kind of a philosophy we have is that everybody on the yearbook staff um, is part of the marketing team or the promotion team. So we have 64 students on our staff and we have three hours of yearbook. We have a nice program that we've built up over the years. I think I started with like 22 students in one class. So we've sort of built this um, philosophy that everybody is involved in marketing. And so we do... Um, Students are actually encouraged to share their photos. If they uh, go photograph an event, um, they're encouraged to share them. We have a watermark that we've created um, that's based on our theme every year. It changes. And uh, we share that with our students on staff. And so they're able to watermark the photos, you know, branding Grand Blank Yearbook. 
and share photos with the community rather than kind of hiding them away. Um, we put them up on our website. We have photo galleries on our website so that parents and students can download photos and use them. It's pretty cool to see kids using um, photos from their competitions um, as their like their social media profile photos. It's kind of cool to see them um, using our work and, and we, we don't feel like they're stealing. We feel like they really like what we do and, and they want to be a part of it. Um, other things that we work on is we have a, a yearbook week, which is uh, the week before uh, our yearbook prices go up in January. We will take an entire week off of yearbook production and we push pause and everybody on the yearbook staff takes part in an entire week of all kinds of marketing. So we might, um, everybody might print off 10 of their favorite photos and we put them on a hallway um, and they stay up on a hallway so you have 600 photos on a hallway. And uh, we thank the entire school for letting us photograph them and tell their stories. And at the end of the week, they can take the photos down. Um, that's kind of a fun project. Another one that we really, really love is we call it uh, Fantastic Photo Friday, uh, which is a, a photo contest for every student on the yearbook staff. They get a photo challenge. They might have a theme, like they have to photograph um, an action, like, or an in the moment type photo, or they might have a lighting challenge. They have to have an interesting, um, like a well-lit photo. So they get a challenge. They get about two weeks. They have to bring back their best photo for the category. Uh, within our classroom, we look at all 64 of the photos, and we have a people's choice voting. Uh, the kids who win get to have their photos turned into these big posters. And then we take the posters and put them out in the hallway like a photo gallery. Um, we put the name of every person who's, uh, you know, the name of the photographer underneath their photo, and we leave them on display. Uh, those actually usually go up during yearbook week, and uh, at the end of the year, whoever was the, the, the person in the photo gets, gets the poster. So um, it's all about taking all of our work and uh, sharing it with the community and then giving it to them, you know, rather than holding it back and hiding it from them. Ava, those are some great ideas. Um, I really like the watermark idea, you know, sharing out images and you're afraid somebody's going to snitch them, so you do the watermark idea. For folks who, who have never done that before, it's not that difficult to put a watermark on a, like a digital image and then share them out. I really like that one. Now, here's a question for you. Again, you've got a good-sized school. We at Jostens, I think, forever have had this idea of the three times. How many How many kids can we show in the yearbook at least three times now you've got a pretty good sized school how do you do with that is that a struggle for a t big school it's a huge struggle um it's it's oh man that's a huge struggle for for all schools especially our size we um on my staff we have two coverage editors and it's their job to um keep track of who's being covered in the yearbook and how they're being covered if it's a big story or like a tiny little quote um, and then we, we will encourage everybody on staff to, uh, as soon as someone is covered three times, stop covering them, um, which sometimes works pretty well. Uh, we also have had a debate on our yearbook staff over years. We used to have like 25 or 30 photos per spread per page, um, which was our goal to get everybody in the book three times. But then we heard from our student population that they didn't like all the tiny little photos. Um, they wanted bigger photos in the yearbook. And um, 
so we changed a couple of years ago to uh, sort of, I guess we have a few spreads, some spreads that we call super coverage pages, where we um, will cover, you know, 30 or 35 kids on the spread, and it'll be a, a theme question like, um, how do you fill your slate? Or um, uh, something, if there's anything you could erase from your slate of your life, what would it be? So we could ask that kind of a universal question and get 30 kids telling their story um, with some smaller portrait shots. Uh, but we also know that our student readers really enjoy reading um, more meaningful stories. And so we have expanded, uh, we have pages that have 10 or 12 photos, you know, really powerful photos and, and lots of stories where people are sharing what's really meaningful to them. So we try to have a good variety of those things now. And I think our student readers really enjoy our yearbook more now that we have different types of stories in it rather than just lots of small stories. All right, I'll be honest. How does that work? I mean, what was the reaction to those changes that you just talked about? Uh, you know, it's it's been positive. I, I actually think our yearbook sales have slightly increased since we made the change. Um, we make sure, we do make sure to cover everybody in the yearbook, not just with their portrait or their, their club photo. We try to put them somewhere else in the yearbook, and we also invite them to, uh, to direct message us on Twitter or on our, um, our yearbook website and let us know if they have a story. We've actually sent home in our parent newsletter and asked parents if there's anybody that we should cover in the yearbook or anybody's stories. And um, it's kind of cute. Sometimes parents will message us and say, well, my son or daughter, like, will never tell you this, but they're, you know, a a secret karate champion and you should do a story on them. Um, so we invite people to invite us into their, their lives and, and they will do that. So we are trying to cover kids who want to be in the yearbook, um, you know, and invite them to, to ask us. So, Folks, it's all about the stories. It's all about the stories. Now, Ava, obviously the best stories or most stories end up in your book, but during the year, um, I'm assuming uh, uh, September to May or June, whatever your school year is. Do I assume you're telling stories essentially all year long or people are just waiting till the book comes out? Uh, no, I mean, I think, yeah, we're definitely telling stories all year long. And uh, we even do, you know, summer coverage. If things are happening in the summer, we kind of keep a collection of those things and try to gather photos and um and then we'll put we'll cover those things in the yearbook also. So yeah, I think it is a year-round thing. Now let's talk about promotion again. Let's talk about in-school promotion inside the four walls, if you will. Most folks, I think, at least do something on the daily announcements, or they'll put some posters up on walls or something like that. Do you do anything in that regard in school? How do we activate in-school ideas to get people uh, energized? That is, that is the number one question, and because I think it changes. Um, there's a philosophy that when you put a poster on a wall, um, it becomes part of the sort of the background noise, and nobody pays attention to background noise. So um, there's kind of a, a theory that we have here, which is um, if you're going to do any kind of physical posting in the school, it should stay up for no more than two weeks. And so um, I actually have two marketing editors on my staff whose full-time job it is to come up with different marketing campaigns. So they might do something like they might put flyers up around the school, interesting flyers, um, to remind people of deadlines, but then those flyers come down. Or they might do like a really big handmade 
like a kind of a really beautiful poster and they might put it up. Um, it might be 12 feet wide by like six feet tall. So it's really big. They might hang it in a, in a place where everybody can see it and then it comes down. Um, so I think that the idea of, of posting things is important so people can see it, but not keeping it up, you know, forever. Or they might do like a, a lockers on everybody's lockers. They might put up a, a small flyer over and over again, repetition, so that when kids come into school in the morning, they might see, you know, they're, all the lockers are covered and they might remember a deadline that way. So I, I do think that there's a value in posting, um, but not keeping it up for, for too, too long. Ava, you mentioned a key word there, repetition. I don't think many folks do that. They kind of just slap things up once, and then we're done. It sounds like, and you, you, you mentioned you have two, ma or two uh, marketing editors, and I'm going to assume if they're working with you, these two kids must be busy all year long, right? Yeah, they're definitely all year long, and uh, they have me for two hours a day. So that's uh, 10 hours a week. Um, it's like a part-time job if you look in the, in the regular work world. But um, these are kids that are marketing, uh, you know, in the school, but also I'm sure we'll talk more about how they're doing stuff outside of school, too. Well, let's move on to social media right now. And I've seen some examples of things that you folks have done. There are some schools out there, they've really gone all in with social media, but there are still a lot of schools, they do nothing with social media for whatever their reasons are. Now, what do you folks do with social media and why is it important? Um, I think it's important, it uh, has been for us every year to start with a conversation about um, what are the social media platforms where students live, where do they dwell, and then where are parents hanging out? Uh, because we're, we really need to kind of appeal to both audiences. So um, we will have, like at the end of this year, we will sit down and we will talk about, you know, where do we need to be posting things and what kinds of things do we need to be posting and, and where? Because as we know, um, older people, parents tend to be on Facebook and kids tend to be on Snapchat. We have a crossover um, on Twitter and on um, Instagram. And we want to have a strong presence on all four of those uh, social media sites. So uh, we have conversations and talk about how Instagram tends to be for like sort of fun boomerang Insta stories, which I just learned about from the kids last year, but they're all the rage. So the... Um, Mostly we're using um, Instagram for that, or maybe to post what my kids call pretty photos is for Instagram. Uh, Twitter tends to be a place where we'll put reminders for any deadlines, like senior advertisements are due uh, for the yearbook or the last day to buy your yearbook. Um, and then also we run a lot of our Twitter polls on Twitter uh, so that we're using those in the yearbook. If we're surveying 100 students, we can get, um, oftentimes we can get 100 votes on Twitter and kind of start a buzz with whatever topic of the week we were posting. So uh, we use Twitter that way. Facebook has been phenomenal uh, for our parents. Uh, so for example, we didn't sell enough uh, parents, proud parents senior ad pages recently. And so we decided to put um, an all call out on Facebook and uh, remarkably just posting what it looks like and reminding parents and telling them that we have some spaces left, we got some immediate turnaround, parents calling and, and sending in their, their stuff right away. So we know that our parents are living there, uh, which is great. Snapchat, I can't even tell you uh, what's happening on Snapchat because my marketing editors are doing it and I just, I refuse to follow it. But um, building that trust with my marketing editors to know that they're 
using it appropriately. Like um, one of the things they love to do is turn over the Snapchat to uh, someone on staff so you can follow around a, a staffer or an editor for a day in the life, um, which I think Vogue magazine started doing a couple of years ago and my kids picked up on it. So really just looking and, and seeing what each, uh, like, you know, professional magazines like Vogue or like um, professional um, videographers, like what, where are they, how are they connecting with their um, audience? And we want to be like that. We want to be like the pros. So we study them and we figure out how they're using things and it changes all the time. So um, I think that's a really good way to, to find, oh, and I have to say this too. It's just fun. Like marketing and promoting is just fun. And, and I, I'm going to throw one quick example at you, which is um, everybody knows how fun memes are. Uh, students, parents, everybody loves to laugh. So a couple of years ago, we decided that instead of putting up like boring old posters on the wall, every kid on the yearbook staff would make a meme poster. And it would, could be handwritten. It could be sloppy. It could be like really beautiful and artistic, but everybody had to bring in a meme poster. And so we had, you know, 64 meme posters that we put up one day. And uh, it was a riot. It was like just a blast because students were walking in the hallways and laughing and taking their phones and they were taking photos of a meme posters and they were posting them on their own social media. And we were like, that's perfect. That's like what Nike does, right? Nike has this like just do it brand and uh, they put their swoosh on stuff and we wear it, right? We market for them because we like what they're doing. And so this idea of um, finding what's trendy and what's fun and, and using it, you know, on your walls and maybe also reposting it on social media, it's just, it's fun. We'll get back to our final segment with our friend Ava Butsu, advisor at Grand Lake High School in Michigan. More great ideas and inspiration in just a moment, including a good old-fashioned idea that still works great. And yes, how your yearbook can help your entire school. This is something maybe an administrator would like to listen to. So we'll have that coming up in just a moment. Now, of course, this is our January update. We're entering... Depending on where you are, this is the second semester of the school year or maybe the third marking period, you know, depending on how your school year is kind of broken up. But either way, we're past the holidays, we're into the new year, and this is the time that I usually refer to as the January blahs. You know, we're past the new year, especially if you're at a high school, especially if you have seniors. This is the point where that dreaded malady, senioritis, really starts to kick in. And if you're a high school advisor, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes. How to avoid the January blahs. Maybe you're in a, an area where winter weather is not all that terrific, so that even adds to the blahs. Well, here's a couple of quick notes for you. First off, keep in mind what I like to say a lot. Your booking should always be fun. When your book stops being fun, that's when everything starts to grind to a halt. So part of the challenge here in the winter months, how do we make this more fun? There are a lot of ideas out there. Uh, maybe if you have a page deadline coming up and you nail it, take a day off. Just take a day off and have a party, staff party. Maybe it's potluck where you get some food and bring it in. I don't know, donuts, chips, whatever it is. You do absolutely no yearbook work that day. You just celebrate that you nailed that deadline. And then the next day, 
All right, let's get back at it, guys, toward our next deadline and so on. Gotta make it fun. Try to maybe streamline the work. There might be some kids out there that kind of feel overloaded right now. If they just had a semester or marking period change, maybe they have some brand new classes that maybe are, well, tough, you know, and they're kind of feeling worn down like, oh, I can't do all this stuff. Do what you can to streamline their work, especially if you're at a high school. This might be a good time to, shall we say, transition work away from seniors more toward underclassmen because, again, there's that crazy senioritis thing. I just don't feel that motivated anymore. Well, it's funny. Underclassmen don't seem to usually have that problem. So maybe start to navigate more work toward the underclassmen rather than the seniors this year. But either way, this is a tough stretch that we're into. Maybe not a lot of off days or vacation days. Spring break might not be until March. The weather's awful. What can you do to get your staff through these next one to two months? It's a challenge, but trust me, it can be done. In the meantime, let's get back to our final segment with our friend Ava Butsu, advisor at Grand Blank High School in Michigan, as we talk more yearbook promotion. All right, now for the older folks perhaps listening, do a web search for a meme, that's M-E-M-E, and do a web search for boomerang. No, it does not come from Australia. Okay, this boomerang thing, kids really do go nuts for that. So uh, for the older folk who have no idea what those terms mean, do a little web searching. They're out there. Now, Ava, I'm curious, you, you've got multiple social media outlets. How often do you update them? Is it every day, every week, twice a week? How often? Well, that's a great question. Um, I, and I'm kind of hesitating a little bit because we do have a goal to post on uh, all of our social media platforms every week. Um, we're not posting necessarily. I know we're posting at least once a week uh, if you look at all four platforms. Um, and so what we what I've done is I put together a calendar for my marketing um, editors and they're supposed to fill out the calendar. And so it's like every Monday they're supposed to post on Facebook. Every Tuesday they're supposed to post on Snapchat. Um, and having a calendar like that is great. I just would recommend some sort of a follow through where there's somebody checking up on whoever's supposed to be posting and just double checking to make sure it's done to sort of set that precedent um, to make sure that people know. Uh, you know, we look at uh, really great brands that market. Uh, so like I have certain clothing stores that I shop at and they email me probably three times a week. And I might ignore those emails for an entire month, but I'm tempted to open it up and look and see. Um, and eventually I might get bored enough that I might open it up and look and see. And I think that idea of being in someone's psyche is really important. So even if people aren't really looking at our stories that we're posting on social media, we, we need to be present um, often enough that we kind of get inside, you know, their mind and they're curious, they become curious. So um, I recommend posting at least every week, if not two or three times a week. Once again, folks, the word is repetition. Repetition absolutely works. Now, Ava, let's talk about parents. All right. You mentioned earlier, I think you said something about a parent newsletter or something. How do you reach the folks, because I can't imagine your school is much different from any other school. The kids aren't buying the yearbook. The folks are. So how do you reach the folks with whatever messaging you need to get out to them? 
Okay, well, cool. Number one, we love um, the Justins. We love the direct mailing because we notice that uh, every time there's a direct mailing, we notice that kids are, are not kids, parents are buying yearbooks. Our, our, our sales will spike. Um, so we also will send email reminders to our parents ourselves. Um, one of the things that people have been doing lately is um, I've seen, and we haven't tried this yet, but again, I'm just watching uh, is this idea of instead of it coming from Grand Blank Yearbook, it might come from like Ava, you know? And so they open it up because they think it's something personal. And so that kind of an idea might work too. But I'm gonna tell you, honestly, um, the, the best way we've connected with parents recently is through snail mail. And I know that sounds crazy uh, because, you know, we've had junk mail and people tend to throw out junk mail, but we tend to um, handwrite things now and send them home. So we might do like um, in February, we always do a postcard and it's just a, you know, we pay postcard postage and we send home a postcard to any kid who has not bought a yearbook. We send it to their parents and on the backside, we'll write um, that their student has been covered in the yearbook and we'll count up how many times. So three times, four times, um, 10 times. And we'll, we'll actually tell them you're on these pages, page 22, page 38, page 145. And then we'll give them the information for how to order a yearbook. So we actually have found that mailing things home and handwriting them um, will spike our sales also. Uh, we sometimes will send home uh, for senior proud parent pages. We might find a photo of that student, like maybe their senior photo that they submitted. And we might uh, print it out and handwrite the information on there like, um, hey parents, your, your kid only graduates one time. Uh, don't miss this opportunity to, you know, to honor them. Um, order, a, order a senior ad. And we'll put it in an envelope and mail it home with a handwritten address. And uh, we find that that really helps our sales a lot. So um, it's a lot of work, but uh, if you have like one or two kids who can run the campaign and be in charge of it, it, and then we spread it out among our staff to do the handwritten part, it's actually pretty easy and can be done in a day or two. Isn't that interesting? Old school handwriting is so rare anymore, and you're saying that doing that has an impact. Right now it does. It's working right now. Wow, that's amazing. All right, a couple questions and then we're done. Uh, although, let me back up a little bit here. You just sort of mentioned that, you know, you trust your staff to do various things and so on. Sounds like you have a big staff, okay? So you have a lot of bodies, a lot of hands. How much of that how do, I, how do I put, how much of the decision-making is done by them as opposed to you? I think at most schools, the yearbook advisor does essentially all the decision-making. Doesn't sound like you do it that way. What's the difference? You probably have heard me using the word we a lot. At, like as if I have, like, I don't know, like as if I have several personalities or something. Um, I, I just, I want to remind you that I grew this program from, Probably, I think I probably had 22 kids my first year here in um, 2003 was my first yearbook here. And um, I started with 22 kids. I had two editors and we had like two computers and two cameras. And now we have this huge program. Um, I, I, and I'm not bragging. I just believe in the philosophy of we, which is um, having obviously having students be uh, the decision makers. So we have this dilemma this week, which is we have an editorial board that I usually cap, uh, I have 24 editors who are like leaders and they take yearbook for two hours of the day. 
Um, I just had 43 kids apply to be editors next year. I don't have enough room for all the kids that want to be on this yearbook staff. And it's, I don't think it's because of me. I think it's because um, when you get a leadership position in yearbook, it's um, a position of honor and great responsibility. And um, leaders at this school, like my yearbook kids will actually call in sick if they have to miss a day. Um, they know how vital they are to the production of the yearbook and to the decision making. So the editorial board, I think exclusively makes all decisions about what is published, about um, how we want to change things, what we want to add, what we want to get rid of. Um, it's it's a student-led publication. That's an interesting segue into my next question. Now, your book is called The Echo. How does a student get on the Echo staff? At some schools, pretty much you sign up, you're in, which may or may not necessarily be a good thing. How does someone make the Echo staff? Uh, well, we have an application process, um, so students will start applying to be on the yearbook staff um, in January, and they'll be notified uh, in February if they have, quote-unquote, made the staff. Um, we do have, you know, issues like a lot of yearbook staffs don't have enough guys on the staff, so we do some active recruiting. Uh, my yearbook staff will take the applications and they'll run around and hand them off to their friends or to kids in their classes that they think are interesting or smart or creative or really organized. Um, and it's not just kids who are smart um, or who are the cheerleaders that are on our staff. Like we, we want kids that are quiet, um, introspective, thoughtful. Um, maybe they're not um, great writers, but they could be great photographers or vice versa. So we want just a great variety of people on our staff. Um, and, and so we do some active recruiting, and then we have some happy people, like happy situations where people apply that uh, we never would have guessed would. All right, final question, and we'll kind of circle around back to where we started. Um, and maybe not your yearbook in particular, but just in general, why is yearbook important to the life of a school? I mean, nearly every school out there has a yearbook. How can that yearbook help their school, make a better school, help the situation in the school? I love that question um, so much. I, um, I have a philosophy, which, you know, I've tried to teach my kids to have the philosophy that we are in the business of creating a community. We are in the business of giving back to our community. Um, and I'll just give you an example of how I think it could be really vital to be an active yearbook staff. Uh, the first assignment of the year in my classroom is, uh, is called the Humans of Grand Blank Assignment. And you probably have heard of Brandon Stanton and his Humans of New York. All of us yearbook people love following his storytelling because he'll find a stranger um, wherever he is in the world. He'll um, interview them and photograph them. And he, he does yearbook work. He posts a photo with like a caption in the, in the words of the person that he's interviewing. So our first assignment of the year uh, the new kids on the staff have to go out and find somebody they don't know very well, um, do a photo shoot with them. So they're learning how to use the equipment, they're learning how to photograph, they're learning how to interview, um, they're learning then how to take that interview and, and turn it into a shorter caption type story. Um, and they're learning how to choose the best photos. So it's all the things that we want people to be able to do. So then we'll take those photos and, um, and the stories, the, the written part of the story, and we'll put them on a, an 11 by 17 poster, and we'll make several copies, and we will cover our cinder block walls and the hallways with, with those. 
Um, it's the neatest thing in the world to see people stop in the hallway to look at a photo and then to read the story of someone they don't know or maybe they thought they knew. Um, but I've gotten emails from teachers and students and, and administrators who have said, wow, that's really cool. You know, we've been working on anti-bullying campaigns in the school, but, and we talk about anti-bullying and we talk about like creating a safe place to be who you are, but, um, these humans of grand blank posters really like bring to life this idea that every person has a story, you know, every person has some emotional baggage or they have a, a joyful thing in their life and that it's okay to share. It's great to share. It's an honor to share. Um, and, and so anyway, I think that just this idea of like humanizing um, these faces that we just see in the hallway, that's what we do. We, 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 we bring the human to um, just, you know, to the faceless. And it, it's really cool. All right, folks, some keywords here, promotion, repetition, storytelling. It's not just about making pages in a book. It's about the stories that go on those pages and even on cinder block walls, apparently. Yeah, there are some other schools out there, Ava, with cinder block walls. Trust me, you're not alone on that one. So, Ava, we really appreciate you taking some time uh, out of your busy schedule to give us, I think, some great ideas and some great advice. I absolutely want to meet you sometime. Yes, you're a Michigan girl, and my daughter goes to Michigan State. Let's try not to get into a fight there, okay? Uh, well, you know, rivalries are right. Once again, thank you very much for taking the time to, to be with us today. Well, Scott, thank you so much for what you're doing for all of us yearbookers around the country. Uh, we appreciate your work. Well, we hope you took lots of notes because our friend Ava Butsu from Grand Blanc High School in Michigan had so many just awesome ideas and thoughts and inspiration that would help any yearbook staff out there, high school, middle school, any staff. We hope you took a lot of great notes. Of course, if you didn't, just go back and listen in again. That's the great thing about a podcast. So a big thank you to Ava for sharing her two decades of experience and a ton of great ideas. And we thank you for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. <music>